All right. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We praise the Lord. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you are doing well this morning. It is October 16th. Uh, I know it's starting to finally feel like uh, fall uh, here where I am. Um, not sure how it is where you are, but regardless of that, I greet all of you and I hope that this uh, Sunday morning is going well for you. And if it isn't, I'm praying that it will get a whole lot better. And um, I can't think of anything better to help turn things around or help start us off right than with the word of God. So I hope you have your Bibles and you go ahead and grab all of the notepads and the pens and the things that you need. We are picking back up in our lesson. Um, we are back in the, um, the book of Colossians chapter two, um, verses six and seven, um, amen. And um, this is the eighth lesson. We've had seven wonderful lessons so far. I hope you are able to listen to them no matter where you are uh, in the world or what time of day it may be or evening. Um, the word of God is just simply timely. We thank God this is, uh, has been a challenging week, but brothers and sisters, we've made it this far. And, um, and, 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 and if God would bring us this far, it's not by accident. He's got something to give us. So we want to get exactly what God has for us. Let's open our ears, our hearts, and our minds and let God give to us exactly what he wants. We um, will begin with our reading, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 starts out and says this, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving amen amen let's read that again it's only two verses so um, doesn't take up a whole lot of time as ye have therefore received christ jesus the lord so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, uh, and doing of his word. We are back in our lesson. Uh, we have a topic of um, holding the line. This is lesson number eight. Um, and um, we were able on last week to jump into Colossians um, chapter two, verses six, and seven. So we did actually um, finally make it into um, our base text, and we are continuing with this. We've learned a lot in our lessons uh, so far, um, covered a lot of ground um, in this um, series um, entitled Holding the Line. Um, brothers and sisters, we got to refuse to let go. We got to, we, we just, we have to do it. A lot of people are letting go, but brothers and sisters, we must refuse to let go. We talked about um, a great many things, and I invite you to go back and to uh, look and listen to the previous lessons to get familiar with the things that we have covered. The very last thing, subject that we got into with last week, uh, uh, just prior to um, jumping really 
um, into our base or scripture. Now that all of the foundation and all of the, the different additional nuggets of of just of gold that God had for us. Now that all of that is 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 has been talked about and discussed and um, and 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 made plain to the to the best of our ability as the Spirit of the Lord moved. Um, we ended with on the topic um, um, of blooming where we're planted. Um, we talked about the gifts of God and how they're supposed to be used, and we talked a little bit about the responsibility of us who are um, who've been who who have been given various gifts and um, how we are to act with those gifts, especially in the context of the church um, setting where God has added to the church, and there are more than one uh, person within the congregation that has a particular gift. So there is a there is a condition of redundancy, so to speak. You've got more than one people, person rather, that has a particular gift. So we talk about the responsibilities of that and and how um, that that needs to be shared and how um, we are to um, help foster um, these other gifts. We talked about um, some very importantly how you know the the, the Bible is very clear um, to stir up the gift. But we also made it clear that it does not say stir in the gift. We don't stir in. We, we're, it's not ours to impart the giftings of God to somebody else. No, that's what God does. The Bible teaches that God um, gives um, to every person the gifts as he wants to. And, and he gives them several gifts. Amen. Now, um, when you're operating in a gifting, it isn't, and you've been operating in it for a while, it becomes a very easy to determine or to tell um, others who have that gifting. In other words, you can kind of, because you know the gift, you've been operating in the gift, it can be, especially if, if you're led by the spirit. So let me qualify that because if you're not walking in the spirit and you just, and you know, and you're just using the, the gifting or whatnot, because people can do that. There are people who operate in the gift, but they are not under the anointing. And that's what that means. Okay. There are people who operate under the gift or operate with the gift or operate the gift, but they are not under the anointing, meaning they're not being led and influenced by the spirit of God. They're using it of their own accord for their own desires, whatever that may be. When God gives a gift, the scripture teaches that they are without repentance. So God doesn't just with subtract the gift or remove the gift. But what God does is, is that he removes the anointing. Okay. And that is very, 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 um, a very serious thing. If you need an example of that, you need no they look really no further than the uh, the first king of of Israel, of God's people, Saul, and you'll see that. I invite you to go to the Old Testament and and look up that life um, and legacy of of Saul, and you'll see, um, uh, you know, a um, um, uh, man receives a calling, man, and uh, um, an assignment, um, and um, but because of sin. He walks contrary and ultimately guess what happens the anointing gets removed okay um but he continues to retain the title and the call and whatever god had given him but he but 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 he just didn't but but the spirit of the lord had departed okay so that and that's a very serious thing we don't want to operate in that god has given us gifts and you don't want a scenario where you've got the gift 
and you don't have the anointing. No. See, in order to maintain the, the anointing, meaning God is directing you and guiding you and leading you um, in what you're in what you're doing, then you're going, it's a couple things that's, that have to happen. One, you've got to stay in the word. Um, two, you've got to stay on your knees in communication with with God. Amen. Um, um, and these and, and and this is not the um, the definitive order. You can put them in any order, but they all need to absolutely be present. And 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 three, you need to be walking in the word because it's not enough to just be studying and reading the word. OK, that word is meant to be lived out. So you can't be, if you, if God has given you a gift and if you're going to have the anointing, when you use that gift, you cannot brother or sister, ma'am, sir, you cannot go around living in sin. I'm going to tell you that right now. You cannot go around living contradictory or contrary to the word of God. If you start doing that and you go keep going with that, you're going to reach a point where God is going to subtract the anointing from you. Now, I'm just telling you, that's what's going to happen because, because if you insist on walking in unrighteousness, if you insist in your own way, you will not humble yourself before the Lord. You will not stay in the Lord's word. You will not talk and pray and communicate and make regular supplication. In other words, you don't have a prayer life. Amen. You don't have these, these different things. Now, now, of course, now when I'm talking about this, the assumption, of course, is, is that you obviously are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost according to the Bible. And you know what that is, according to Acts chapter two, verses start at verse 36 and just keep going. Okay, you have been baptized and born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, according to scripture. I'm not talking about according to what you learned in seminary school or what some other theologian or somebody else. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about straight, simply following the word of God. If you have been saved and baptized according to the word of God, exactly what Jesus said, exactly what that word said, what he communicated through the apostles, not what your interpretation of i'm talking about doing it plain jesus said except the man be born of the water and of the spirit he's not getting in okay he's not making it into heaven he don't want you to be confused about that he wants you to know straight up you haven't done that you're not getting in okay and it is not yours and mine to try to interpret that and say, oh, well, when he says water, he doesn't really mean water. And if he says spirit, you know, he doesn't really mean spirit. Now, listen, that ain't no metaphor. That's not a metaphor. When he was talking to Nicodemus, that was not a parable. That was not a metaphor. That was straight up. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. So you got to do exactly what the Lord said. Don't get smarter than God. Because you're gonna fall, you're gonna come up short. You can't outthink God. And listen, God know what he God know what he meant, and he said what he meant. So it's not yours and mine to go ahead and come up and try to come up with a version to say, well, what he really meant was this. So you can do it this way, and this is good enough, or this no. If listen, whatever the Lord tells you to do in scripture, if what he tells you to do can be plainly done then plainly do it. You, do you hear what I'm saying? If it can be done plainly, then do it. Amen. 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 And if you need, and, if, and, 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 and in order to make sure you're doing it the right way, then all you need to do is go back and check how it was done. What did the first church do? That's it. 
You do not need to reinvent the wheel. You do not need to come up with something new. You don't need a version, a remix, a rendition, a revision. You don't need all of that. All you need is obedience. And if the Lord tells you to do something and it's simple and plain, then all you need to do is follow that. Now, if there are questions on what he told you to do, you're well, I'm not quite sure I understand it. Then to clarify that, all you need to do is go back to the first church and see how the apostles who were tasked with carrying out God's instruction, how did they do it? And when you see how they did it, then you do the same thing. That's it. Is that 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 is that simple? Amen. Amen. Those things are are very simple. So we talked about these things and we learned these things. Now let let's move back into our text, Colossians two six and seven. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now, um, as we said on last week, the when we begin to break this down and we begin to look into the word of God, amen. As we do this, we discover um, some things about this text. Okay, we discover um, a great many things about this text, especially when we start looking at um, verse number seven. But before we really, really deep dive, because the first word in there is rooted. Okay, as he begins to give us instruction, as we get instruction in verse number six, um, those instructions um, or the context or the way in which we're supposed to carry this out gets um, detailed or uh, made plain in verse number seven. Amen. Verse number six tells us what we're supposed to do. Amen. Now, verse number seven tells us the way God wants us to do it. All right. Six tells us what we want what we're supposed to do. What does God want us to do? Okay. What does he want us to do? We learn that in verse number six. Verse number seven tells us how to do what he wants the way he wants. Let me pause for just a moment here um, before um, going a little bit further. Much of scripture, all of scripture really um, is just like that. God tells us within scripture what he wants us to do. Amen. Amen. And then if you continue in the word and studying the word, reading the word, familiarizing yourself with the word, the text of written scripture, okay, then after God tells us what he wants us to do, if you proceed to study and to read and to examine the word of God, then what you are going to find is, is everything that God tells us in scripture that he wants us to do, there is an example that he has saw fit to place in scripture that shows us how to carry that thing out. Amen. Amen. 
we are able to look at our forefathers in the scripture. And we are able to see from their example how they carried out divine instruction. Amen. Amen. God is particular. Okay. God is specific. Okay. God has a, a right way specified in scripture, and he has a wrong way specified in scripture. God is so meticulous at times. Amen. Um, God is so particular when it comes to his word and obedience. So much so to the point that God doesn't leave the, the requirement of obedience that he places on you and I. He does not leave that up to our interpretation. Amen. Amen. God doesn't give you and I a say, glory to God. God doesn't give you and I a, a, a input, an input or a, a voice. In other words, we don't get to weigh in on what God wants. We don't get a vote at the table. God is at the table all by himself, none with him, none beside him. He, one, one scripture tells us when it came to other gods, he said, I know no others. He said, I don't, I, I don't know any other God. There are no other God. There is no committee with God. There is no counsel with God. God is absolute. And so his decisions are also absolute. Now, when it comes to obedience in the scripture, glory to God, God does not leave the issue of obedience, especially when you consider how paramount and how critical obedience is. My, my goodness, you can't get nothing without obedience. You got to have obedience. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is so particular when it comes to obedience, that he leaves no gray area. He doesn't leave it up to interpretation. So when the scripture outlines divine instruction, amen, amen. What is divine instruction? If we boil it down, that is doctrine, okay? The, the instruction of God, the teachings of God, the word of God, what God wants, amen, is obedience to his word, but he simply does not want any type of obedience. So he doesn't want you to come up with your own version. And he doesn't want me to come up with my own version. This is why for with all of the commandments and all of the things that scripture gives us, we need only keep reading, going a little bit further. And God's going to have some examples in the scripture of our of those that have lived it out, those who had to carry it out first. You're going to see what not to do and you're going to see what to do. Amen. This is why, listen, you know, don't, it, it's, I, 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 I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Don't get caught up in your own way of thinking because your own ideology can become your own version of idolatry. Your own ideology can become your own version of idolatry. 
it is very easy to begin to worship at the altar of the way you understand it and your interpretation. You must refuse, brothers and sisters, we must refrain from taking our own opinion and then saddling it with the banner of gold star, meaning that we get so caught up in our own way and, and our own understanding that we, that we began to believe that we got every single thing on lock. I mean, man, the way I think about it, the way I see it, the way, the way I do it, that's it. No, that's not it. It is not. It's far from it. The Bible tells us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him and what he shall direct your path. The direction to your path is contingent upon you not leaning to your own understanding. That means that what you come up with, you're going to have to throw that stuff out, especially when it contradicts the word of God. See, sometimes we can, when you begin to worship at the altar of your own ideas, okay, then you start to believe your own press. You start to believe your own news report. You start to believe that the way you have it is the way that it is. This is why, brothers and sisters, it is critical and it is paramount. All that other stuff, it's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with, 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 with Bible college or and Bible studies and, all, and, all, and being taught. No, that, that stuff is good. That stuff is, is, is fine. But brothers and sisters, you have got to, you've got to remain aware of what the information that you're getting, where it comes from. Because God's word, amen, doesn't always line up with our interpretation. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. What I come up with can sound very good. What you come up with can sound really good. But do you know that the really good sounding can be contrary to the Bible? Do you realize that the slogans and the sayings and the, 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 the clever outbursts and, 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 and moments of, of brilliance that we call them, of instead where we think we just getting this insight and we got the the most clever and the wittiest saying when it comes to the word of God nobody nobody's getting ready to say it the way we say it nobody has has done it quite like this but do you realize that with all of your eloquence and all of your learning and all of your study and all of these things you ma'am you sir can be wrong and oftentimes we are this is why you got to go back to the word don't add stuff to the word. I know, I know. I, you, when you go to, when, when many times with all of the religious education and stuff out there, man, it is easy to get lost in the sauce because you got a lot of stuff. You got commentaries, you got all these different things. And, they, and that's these people's interpretation. They're not necessarily God-led or spirit-led rather. They have used and employed any number of academic techniques to extrapolate or as much as they can. But the last time I checked, the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit maketh alive. 
Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. See, that's different than what you and I say. It, 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 when that, so you can't, you, you don't want to linger. You don't want to linger too, too, too long. And you got to double check everything against the Lord. The Bible said, try the spirits, whether they be of God. Amen. Try the spirits. Now, if you tried the spirits <laughs> by the spirit, then really what that all that simply means is, is that you take what you have, okay, the spirituality of it, you take that, whatever it may be, and you simply line it up against the word. Now, when you line it up against the word, you do not line it up against your interpretation of the word. No, you line it up against the simple word. Okay. Remember this, God's word does not need your help. Okay. God's word does not need my help. You understand? God's word is perfect. The proverbial writer told us that every word of the Lord is pure. Every word. Every word of the Lord is pure. Glory to God. God's word doesn't need your help. Okay. He don't need you to fix it. That means that guess what? The word of God is effective without a degree. The word of God is effective without a title. Okay. The word of God works. Glory to God. Without all of my academic accomplishments, the word, the blood still works. It just does. It just does. The depth of the word of God is not in the years that you accumulate through study, dedicated study. I'm not telling you don't study. That's not what we're saying. What I'm saying is, is know where the rubber meets the road. Learn to tell the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. Now, that's going to be difficult to do if you ain't walking in the spirit. Because the word of God tells you to walk in the spirit. And when you do so, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh does not just mean or pertain to sexual lust. That's not what that is. That means any desire. Including the desire to sometimes want to be thought of as scholarly or knowledgeable or layman. And all of these, or, or a doctor, or whatever you want to call yourself. Those titles, that stuff don't mean anything to God. So don't build your life around that stuff. Because you can get caught up in that stuff to where you miss that word. And then the stuff that the Lord Jesus told you very simply and very plain, you miss it all. You, you, <laughs> like the broad side of a barn, you just miss it. You fall out the boat and, and can't hit water. Why? Because you're swimming in your own pool. 
But the problem is, is that as long as you it's in your own way, that pool you swimming in is a cesspool. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. It's the same for me. I can't do my stuff and God's stuff. Amen. Amen. All right. Now. Our text says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him. Okay. The writer, the apostle Paul, amen, set something down. He says, as you have therefore received Christ. Now, we said on last week that when we talk about the way in which we receive Christ, okay, we define that, and what that means, okay? Now, when we talk about that, the walking in him, in accordance to the way that you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we discover that that's not running the mill, okay? Because if walking in the Lord is to be done in accordance with the way that we received him, then that necessitates that we go back and re-examine our beginning when we first began to walk with the Lord, okay? In other words, you got to go back to when you were saved. You got to go back to the beginning. All right. Amen. Now, if you have not, again, I'm going to say this and I make no apology about this. If you have not been saved according to what the Bible says, it is very plain. I do not mince words with this. How to be saved is clearly seen in the book of Acts chapter two. Just start reading at verse 36 and keep going. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Okay. And you've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay. You can't be saved by bowing your head and raising your hand. You cannot be saved by goosebumps. You understand? The salvation process doesn't include baptism in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost just in those titles alone. No, those titles refer to a name, baptized in the name. There is a name that holds all those titles. The name is Jesus. Now, are you mincing words? Are we splitting hairs? No, go back again whenever in doubt of how it's supposed to be done. Go back to the first church. Go back to the book Acts. And how did they do it? Did anybody in there baptize anybody in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Who said those words exactly? Nobody did. What did they do? Baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus or Jesus Christ. That's all they did. So we, again, if the scripture outlines a task for you to and I to do that can be plainly, clearly followed out, then that must be your default. Do not default to the stuff that has come across in religious academia. Don't do that. Do not do that. Because the Bible is very, very plain. I told you, God is not playing when it comes to this. 
Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 16, 25. This, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And there's another scripture that said, God says this three times. At the second time it was established. But he goes beyond that. God, don't lean to your own understanding. Keep the word of God simple. I know that some people who will listen to this, you want to be deep. You want to, you put, listen, you invested all of this time in study and all, and it's hard to think that, man, all of this stuff that I have gone with and have come away with might not necessarily be what, be, what, was, what God is actually talking about. That's the way it is. No man of God a prophet had to have the academic pedigree that we put on stuff. Nobody had to do that. We have just added on top of added. Now, some stuff is really good. So you take the stuff that's good that you're learning from these, from these institutions, you, from these biblical um, uh, seminary schools, you take that. If it's good, you, you keep that. But you better realize that while you're doing all that kind of stuff, that ain't required. Don't try, listen, don't, don't, don't come with no nonsense to me trying to tell me the Bible says study to show thyself approved. I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's true. But that stuff you're doing, that ain't approved. So you ain't supposed to be studying that. Man's overlay. If it ain't based, if listen, if what we're doing ain't rooted in that word, don't do it. Don't do it. So when you're in these schoolings and all this different kind of stuff, make sure that you are doing your due diligence where you're taking the stuff that you're learning and you're checking it against the word. Now, if you're learning something there and it ain't in that word, you need to throw that out because that's trash. I'm sorry you spent your money to go to that school. They gave you trash. And anything that don't line up to the word of God is trash. That's trash knowledge. It is right out the gutter. And I'm sorry somebody put a bow on it and made it look good and all that kind of stuff. God didn't say it. It's trash. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, somebody, um, listen, let me, let me tell you how, let me, let me make something plain to you, to somebody who'd listen to this. You better familiarize yourself with Isaiah chapter 29. In verse number 10, he says this, for the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep. You need to understand some people that you following. You better watch who you following. Because some of them is sleepwalking. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, listen, listen, listen to the word of God. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and hath closed your eyes 
the prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Uh-oh, that's the people that you that you hold to. That we've some and sometimes have held to. The ones we say the theologians is deep and all of this other kind of stuff. It said the Lord closed their eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed. Which man, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. Are you following so-called leaders that can't read the book? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it plain to somebody because, because you don't realize what's happening. Verse number 12. And the book is then de is delivered to him that is not learned. So the first one, it gets delivered to the person who's learned. And the one who's so-called learned, he can't read the book. Then what happened? Then the book gets delivered to the person who's unlearned. Saying, read this, I pray thee. And he said, I'm not learned. He said, I don't know enough. So the person who's supposed to know said it's sealed. That means it's off limits to me. And then the person who, who, who don't know says, it's all, I can't read none of this. I don't know what God is saying. Because I'm not learned. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make. Wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And the fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Who is teaching you how to serve God? Uh, man, I'm, I, I, do you have a spirit-led leader? Is he flowing with the anointing? Do God have his hands on this man? Who is your teacher? Does God know who they are? Has God opened and revealed the book to them? This is serious. This is serious. Did you hear what he said in verse 13 of, of Isaiah 29? Did you read that B portion? I hope you're following along, whoever will hear this. But have removed their heart far from me and, and their fear toward me. That means their reverence, their respect. He says it is taught by the precepts of man. In other words, you are teaching fear according to man and not according to God. God knows how he wants to be reverenced, and it is not according to man. God ain't playing. God ain't playing. God ain't playing. Oh, I'm telling you, this scripture is so heavy. I wish I had time to go, go, go even further into this. And we probably could. But if I did, we, we, would, we wouldn't get anywhere with our, with, our, with our text. But I invite you to read the rest of that. Our text says, back to Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
Amen. That word walk has to deal with your behavior. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, it's more, it, 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 it refers to living or to, or behaving in a specified or a specific manner. It's not erratic behavior. It's not all over the board behavior. It's not, it, it, it's, it, it's not what you, it's not what you come up behavior. It is, it's, it's a specified manner. Okay. So it's behavior according to a specified manner. Now watch this. It's not the manner you specify, but is the manner that has already been specified to you. In other words, it is a be it is behavior according to a rule set or guides that have been laid down. And in this case, since we are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, then what we are talking about is behaving according to the way God wants you to behave, not according to the way you want to behave for God. See, what you try to pass off as holy, it will never be holy to God. You've got to give God what he asked for. Stop giving God what you want to give him and give him what he wants you to give him. That, I mean, it, this stuff is not, this is not, this is not, this is not all that difficult, but it can be if you and I are used to just trying to come up with stuff. You got to slow down. You got to stop. You got to pause. You can't give God what you want him to have. You got to give God what he wants. Amen. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord. So walk ye in him. Amen. Now, but me now, if we start to break this thing down, then what we're saying is, is that the way you had to behave in order to receive Christ. So how did you have to behave in order to receive Christ? Because remember, this really is a call to go back to your spiritual beginning. How did you have to behave? Okay. And that how did you have to walk what were the steps, we're breaking it down, what were the steps that you had to take in order to receive the Lord? Now, I've already told you, you can look at Acts chapter 2, um, start at verse 36, and you can keep going, and we will perhaps look at that again in, um, a, little bit, uh, a little bit later. But, but, I, but what I want to do is, is that um, I want to 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 take a big picture look at this thing, okay? Um, as specified in in the book of um, in the book of Acts, okay. Now listen, that 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 shows us what what we do. That's what the church did, okay. So all of the things that you read in the scripture, all right, okay. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. All of these different things. You got to understand. All of that culminates. You see that all of that culminates in what they did in the very beginning, okay? You see how it was carried out. None of it is null and void, but you're, but, 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 but when you look at how all of these things was carried out and how this got put into play, 
it's you, you don't have that you see it, it's very plain in the book of Acts. that's how it was done that's just that's what they did that's how they carried all of it out so when you read in romans and you read all of these other scriptures because listen the bible says here a little there a little line upon line precept upon precept okay so that means that the what, what we do okay god put a little bit of it over here god put a little bit of it over there and a little bit over there and a little bit over there and you're supposed to bring it all together and you see it all culminate in one place see i mean this stuff is not again it's not super, it's not difficult but it can be especially if you're not used to looking at the word from this perspective if your lens for looking at the word of god is totally and completely and absolutely reliant on the religious academia of the day then yeah it's going to be different your stuff is going to be it's it's going you're going to come up with some stuff i know i came up with some stuff and God had to straighten all that mess out, had to pull that out. Now, when we look at our text, as ye have therefore received Christ, so walk ye in him. Okay, that means now the so walk ye in him means, let's put this here, front and center. In order to get, in order to be compliant with this, what he's telling you is, is that ultimately God wants you to behave the same way that you originally had to behave in order to get them, okay? You're going to have to, you're going to, have to go back to that. Now, when I received the Lord, amen, in order to receive the Lord, I had to turn from my wicked ways. I had to turn from sin. I had to turn from it. I had to change my mind about sin. I'm just, I'm just making it plain. I'm just talking about what happened in the beginning. Let me start all the way from the very, very beginning. The first thing that I had to do, and remember this is God saying, I want you to continue to do this. The first thing that I had to do was that I had to hear the word of God. I had to choose to listen. That's the first thing that I had to do. I'm just breaking down the, the, the bigger picture of all of this. I'm, and, 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 and you can, we can dissect it later, but I want to make, I want this to be plain for anybody that will hear this. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. The first thing that had to be done is that I had to hear the word of God. Now, when it comes to the word of God, all right. There is an aspect of God's word that must be heard in order for salvation. Now, listen, God's word covers many topics, but not every topic that God's word covers is designed for you to receive salvation. Some of it is designed for the reception of salvation. Amen. And then the others is designed for the walk after salvation or continuing in that salvation. In our text, he said, as you have therefore received, that tells us when we're going back to the beginning or we've got to get back to, to the very, very starting point of this. So walk ye in him. Now I must behave 
or go back to behave or continue to behave the way I had to behave in order to receive him. Now, when I received him, I had to first hear the word of God. Now, what was the word of God that I had to hear? I had to hear the gospel or the good news. What is the gospel? I had to hear about the virgin birth, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. It's the gospel message. Now, Romans tells us what the gospel is. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is. Because when you mix faith, when you apply faith, God has given every man a measure of faith. When you choose to apply the measure of faith that God has given you, when you choose to apply it to the gospel, amen, glory to God, glory to God. It opens the door or it initiates the salvation process. That's what it does. When you apply faith, when you say, I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that means he didn't have no earthly father. Let's put that right out there. We're not going to dance around it at all. He was born of a virgin. Mary and Joseph had not yet come together intimately. No. Jesus was Jesus' birth. Was a God thing. The Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. Amen. 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 And that fact is supernatural. And in order to believe that, you've got to take it on faith. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. You can listen, you cannot be saved outside of faith. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. And the birth of Jesus Christ is incredible. Let me just, I'm making it plain to you right now. That that go against that go against scientific discovery according to man's knowledge that cannot happen yet the word of god said it did glory to god glory to god this is why jesus has the title that humanity that flesh has the title of son of God. Jesus was the product of God, not of a man. Amen. 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 That has to be taken by faith. He lived and he performed all manner of miracles and, 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 and whatnot. We read the scriptures of what Jesus did. 
And we learned that he healed the blind and he raised the dead and, 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 and he healed the sick and he cast out demons and all of these different things. Now, either you believe that or you don't. But if you're going to believe it, you got to take it by faith. The Bible tells us that eventually Jesus was executed. They whipped him. They beat him. They spit on him. And the Bible teaches us that he took all of that on your behalf and my behalf. What are you saying? I'm saying he died for the sins of this world. That's what I'm saying. It's expedient that one man should die. It was the will of God that one should die for the sins of many. See, God loved you and God loved me and, and we were in trouble and, 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 and by all rights and accounts, we should have been paying for our own sin. We should be dying for our own transgression. But because God loved you, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed him should not perish. Should have everlasting life. Your sin. My sin. Justified. Our execution. But there was a stay of execution. Because God almighty said. I love him and I love her and, and and I don't want it to end like this and so he looked to see who could represent who could pay the price who could satisfy the judgment and the justice of God it wasn't nobody but it didn't change the fact that God loved you and he loves you still so instead of giving you your just desserts, me, my just desserts. He took on the cross on our behalf. Now, either you believe that or you don't. Amen. It's his story, but you can still choose not to believe it. I implore you not to do that. Believe, believe, believe. Nevertheless, either you believe it or you don't. They put him in a tomb. They buried him. And he was in there. Three days. Three days. They buried him for three days. It looked like Satan had won for three days. It looked like all was lost for three days. It looked like the end of the story for three days. Looked like the lights was turning off for three days. 
looked like that was a wrap on everything. But the Bible tells me that on that third day, glory to God. Oh, I can just hear Jesus talking prior. No man take my life, but I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I got the power to take it up. They didn't know what that meant. Disciples didn't know that. They didn't understand that. They didn't understand that. And so what was looked at as an execution, we discovered that it was voluntary. He volunteered to pay for the crimes of humanity. And he got up on that third day with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sharing the gospel. I'm just, I'm just sharing a bit of good news. He rose, just like he said. He had the power to take it up, his life up again, and he took it up. Glory to God. He took it up. And he who was dead it was now alive. Conquered death, hell the grave, all of that. And just when the devil thought he had won, here come Jesus on resurrection ground. I can imagine Satan's jaw had to have hit the floor. Wondering how he could have been so close only to lose it all on a third day. Glory to God, but I'm glad he lost. I'm glad he lost because not only did he get up on that third day, but I can tell you now he got up in my soul. Glory to God. Wants to get up in your soul. But you got to believe that gospel. You got to believe that. The resurrection is a miracle. It's incredible. Medical science don't have no explanation for that. It defies all of that. And by their accounts, that, can, that, ain't, that, don't, that don't happen. So in order to accept it, you're going to have to believe it by faith. I told you this thing is a faith wall. It's a faith wall. Colossians 2 and 6, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk ye in him. Now that's the gospel message. That's the good news. And in order for you to walk in him, in order for you to have received Jesus in the first place, you had to first hear the word. You had to choose to listen. What are you choosing to listen to? The things that you and I choose to listen to can either lead us into trouble or out of trouble. The human nature loves to listen to the things that leads it further into trouble. There are many good things to listen to, but none will ever be as good as the gospel because it is the only message 
authorized for salvation. That's it. That's it. You can't just believe that there's a believe that there's a God and be saved. No, that ain't gonna work. You can't just believe that you know what I need to do good to my fellow man and brothers and sister and, and, and sit, that, that ain't gonna work. You can't just go around believing that God created the heavens and the earth. Talking about you're gonna be saved. No, you're not. No. Jesus said that He is the way, that He is the truth, and that He is the life. He said. No man comes to the Father except by him. He shut down every other road. There is no way. Now, according to this world, the world philosophy will try to tell you, surely Jesus can't be the only way. But Jesus said he the only way. Now, listen, either the world is true or God is true, but both of them can't be. So at some point, you're going to have to make a decision like Joshua, and you're going to have to choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. The world says, no, surely it can't be that exclusive. Surely there are other different ways. Surely there are other different God concepts. Surely this and surely that. But here comes Jesus in a league of his own saying there is no other way. Any man come any other way, he is a thief and a robber. You got to come through Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Either you're going to side with Jesus or you're going to side with the world. But they both can't be right. They both cannot be right. But in order to see Jesus as right, you got to surrender. You got to come to the end of yourself. You had to have an element of humility in order to receive the Lord. Because you had to humble your, to believe the gospel. It's, listen. The word don't just give us the gospel, but the word gives us instruction on how to respond to the gospel. All of this was paramount and critical in receiving the word. This is how you started. Why is this important? Because what the writer is telling you here is, is that if you believed in the beginning, I know that we are in 2000. 22, I know that inflation is real. I know that gas prices are, are, are have skyrocketed and are out of control. I know that there are wars and rumors of war. I know all this stuff is going on. God made it all plain. We're not surprised by any of this, but I am telling you this. If you believed in the beginning, you got to believe right now. You got to keep believing. You got to keep believing. You got to hold the line. Glory to God. Glory to God. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
You can't receive the Lord and then walk in a manner that is different and then say that it's pleasing to God. This is why some Christians get so messed up right now. It's because they had to humiliate, they had to humble themselves. They had to repent of their sins. They had to come to God a certain way. They had to become, they had to come to God the way God wanted them to come. But now you are some months and years removed from that experience. And when you were small before the Lord, it was all good. The same way that Saul was. When he was small and humble before the Lord. And you just followed the word on the simplicity, on the basis that the God said it. But somewhere down the line, you got smarter than the average bear. Now you know everything. And your heart has become hardened and disobedient to God. You no longer cooperate with God's will. Now you're unyielding and uncompromising. Now it's your way right away. And you're trying to pawn that stuff off as holiness. That's not holy. Now you want to blend in with the world. You want to dress like them. You want to talk like them. You want to act like the world and you want to bring that stuff into the church talking about you saved and you sanctified. No, you are not. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You want to make it, you got to continue. And he gives the Holy Ghost so that you can. This thing is by grace, through faith. But that true faith has in companionship obedience. What are you obedient to? You're obedient to the works he told you to do. The stuff he told you to do. Faith and works go hand in hand. And if you got one without the other when it comes to salvation, you got a mess. You got to have them both. Works are the proof. They're the column mark. They're the earmark of faith. They are the validation of faith. If you do not have any works, you don't have no faith. Because faith is not mental assent. Just agreeing in your mind, yeah, I believe this, I'm, nah, and you ain't doing nothing? No, you don't believe. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Love and faith, God don't take that on mental ascent. You can't go around talking about God, talking about you love God, but you don't do what he say. You can't go around talking about you believe in God, but you don't do what he say. Uh-uh. Have you not read Malachi? If I'm your Lord and master, I'm your, your, your where's my fear? Where's my reverence? 
Where's my honor? In other words, you call me, you, you want to acknowledge me as, as master. You want to acknowledge me as your leader. You want to acknowledge me as all that. Well, if I'm all that, why you ain't doing what I said? That's the way God look at it. That's the way God look at it. I read it to you before. I'm going to read it again in the book of Isaiah, chapter 29. Glory to God. Verse 13, wherefore the Lord said, the Lord said, for as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do they honor me? Oh, you saying it with your mouth. You speaking, you got the language, you done learned how it, you learned how it looks. You got the look down. You got the theatrics down. But have removed their heart far from me. And what do they do? What are they doing now that their heart's been removed? Well, they think they stay serving God because watch the next, the next, the next word. And their fear or their reverence, their respect, there'll be everything that they're doing. Look what he says. Their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. In other words, you're now worshiping me. You're now walking. You're now serving me according to your interpretation, according to what you come up with and not what I said. Brothers and sisters, that's all that we have the time for today. Next week, we'll go a little bit further and hopefully we'll wrap this thing all the way up. Um, Lord willing, we'll be able to put a bow on it. But again, we're not rushing anything. This has been a good, good, wonderful lesson. And we're going to continue it um, in, in our in, uh, lesson nine. As a matter of fact, on next week, this was lesson eight. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday morning. God bless you. And until next time, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. Wow. <laughs>